liftoff and the clock has started. And welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 237, recording on April 4th, 2023. My name is Zach Anderson. This week we have got the Tears of the Kingdom showcase to discuss. Uh, we hold a sad and mournful funeral for E3. Uh, we talk about some things in the trailer. And to do all of this and more, I have with me as always justin i never want to hear about hawaii again carter it's your boy <laughs> i know i'm back uh me and your boy zach we went to uh one mr shannon moore's wedding this past mm-hmm. week so i was in california i hung out at zach's house got to play with the kids got to eat a bunch of good food got to uh hear about the uh the infamous hawaii trip that everyone is uh, very excited to go on and uh so so the reason justin never wants to hear about it again is it was a bunch of people that uh were very much taking advantage of the free drinks throughout the (laughs) night and uh you know how certain people just get fixated on one thing when they've been drinking and they keep coming back to it well, a trip to Hawaii was that one thing. And uh, Justin at one point looks over to me and he's just like, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 you know, because our boy here was only two margs in and I was totally sober. So we were kind of like the sober people in the room. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was an adventure. We'll just put it that way. Yes, it was, but I did have a great time. The uh, The wedding was very dope, very cool. The place it was at mm-hmm. was nice. The weather in California was nice. I was very happy for Shannon that it did not piss poor rain like it did previously in the yeah. week and stuff for his wedding. Uh, for sure. No, it was it was a great it was a great ceremony. It was a great day. Uh, very happy for our boy, but he is not with us this week because he actually is in Hawaii. On his head. Hey, so dude, life works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, it was in the air, but uh, but we shall sally forth and uh, cover all of the news that has happened. And there was some news, Justin. It was it was kind of a big week. Dude, also, was- video game news happened. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, you know, it was a big week. You know, I, I want to start off, you know, everyone, please lower your heads and give a moment of silence for what is and what will always be E3 2023. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to pay our respects to the E3 that we all grew up with. It has died a slow death, painful, painful death. But, you know, with passing, 
we are allowed to grow anew and uh, can no longer hold on to this mortal coil that was E3. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, somewhere, you know, everyone pour your G Fuel out. Yeah. Pour one out yep. for the boys. Dump out your ridiculously oversized bag full of cheap merch. It's yep. pour one out, you know. Um, but yeah, so we all kind of saw the writing on the wall when Ubisoft announced last week that they were not going to attend E3. And they said this week, well, I guess last week now, yeah, we're done. It ain't going to happen. And and it's a bummer. You know, I'm sure a lot of people worked really hard to try to get it back off the ground after the, uh, the pandemic years and whatnot. But honestly, I think the pandemic killed it in more ways than one. A, it stopped their momentum. You know, they were trying to transition to more of a PAX type show. Uh, very much an audience-based show. Um, but I think when the pandemic happened, all of the publishers realized, oh, we don't need this. I don't need to spend money on a booth. I don't need to spend money sending people to LA. I don't need to spend, you know, all this advertising budget. We can just turn a camera on and do it ourselves through Twitch and YouTube and all of these things that already exist that they already use. It's not like anyone had to set this stuff up. They're already doing it. And, and, you know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall when Nintendo first started doing it with the treehouse stuff, but the, there was still enough old guard. I think that was like, no, but there's value in E3, you know, people know E3 and, and they're right. They do. But in reality, if you still show up the first couple weeks of June with a shitload of trailers, everyone still watches. They don't really care where it is. And and I think that is the realization they came to. And that, that I think, more than anything, killed E3. And I doubt, I doubt it ever. We ever get an E3 again at this point. Yeah, and I think we kind of said it before around COVID time and stuff when there was the original like people like oh dude if this gets canceled like this is the death of e3 and stuff it's Mm -hmm. just like we have like you said the state of plays the treehouse like nintendo direct events and stuff and then you know we have the game awards now and we've had it for years at this point and that's pretty much where like any like big trail like world premiere like whatever Mm -hmm. trailers outside of those events end up getting shown and, you know, between now, like, Steam has their, like, whatever, Day of the Devs and Steam Fest, yeah. whatever stuff now where they've been pumping out, like, demos that you can play for a limited time and stuff at home. So it's like there's no need to go to these, like, events and fly around the country and stuff to get to play these games when you can just download it on Steam on your computer at home and play it. So, Well, and, and you also have Keeley, who very astutely in that pandemic time still gave everyone a platform. You know, he was like summer games fest, all remote. Here we go. Let's do it. And, and people at that point hungry for E3 stuff and also being trapped in their homes at that point for three or four months. were ready for it. 
They were like, hell yes, please. And it established that brand. You know, there's still a summer games fest. And then he was very smartly partnered with gamescom. The last like big convention left out in Europe. And that's, that's kind of the two big events. Now the two big non publisher events are got summer games fest and gamescom. And, uh, you know, it's a bummer. Like I went to the 2017 E3. It was a ton of fun, but even at that point, it wasn't what we grew up hearing E3 was, you know, there was a ton of public there, huge lines that were only made worse because there were like 2000 of the general public there with everyone else. Um, you still, I still got to see uh, and meet developers. I still got to talk to people from publishers. It was really cool. Like it was a lot of fun, but I also see where, you know, the, the meme, like this could have been an email, you know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of the conversations people are having at that time, I feel were like that, you know, it was, I wasn't privy to any business getting done at E3, but I definitely got the feeling that a lot of the conversations I was seeing around me were, why are we here kind of conversations? So that being said, it was super fun. I'm going to miss it. I have, I have like, cause growing up with it, I have an attachment to E3, just a nostalgic, you know, a little emotional twinge to E3 and you know, it's, it's been replaced and that's fine. Time moves on for all of us, but I think it just outgrew itself and, and it's filling a need that no longer exists would be my thought. Yeah, I was like, you know, maybe like something like the game. Like, I don't think E3 will ever come back, but down the road, who knows? There could be another event like the Game Awards or something like that where it'll pop up eventually. But, but yeah, E3 has gone the way of the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. The meteor has crashed. R.I.P. E3. R.I.P. Um, well, speaking of something that killed E3, let's talk about the, uh, Zelda showcase. Dude, I am ecstatic. That so I, I do want to preface this with initially, I wasn't even going to watch this mainly mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, you know, I would much rather enjoy going into this blind, but let me tell you what, when it was airing, uh, this other discord I'm in with like my friend Matt and stuff, you know, shrimp fried Matt. Dude, they were watching it and dude, they were going back and forth, back and forth, just talking about it and da da da. Damn it. All right. I have to, I have to fucking watch it. So I pulled it up and man, dude, I, it's like, I want to say I'm glad I did just because it's so cool. It's literally, they, I feel like they took everything that was awesome about Breath of the Wild and expanded upon it. Like, I liked a lot of what I was seeing. It seemed like a lot of what they were doing was like we saw not necessarily problems, but hey, like areas for improvement and mm-hmm. made these things to help improve the player experience, which seems really cool. Uh, there's you, you can say you can say problems. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, like a lot of people, like I know you, like weapons breaking. Everyone. Mm-hmm. 
like that had an issue with Breath of the Wild was like, like especially Shannon and stuff, always bringing like, yes, the weapon's breaking. You always need weapons and you use something and it's gone and whatever. So their solution for it was not to take that away, but rather expand upon it. And now you can use materials and whatever that you get from monsters or just around the world and fuse them to your weapons to make new weapons. And this is especially useful for when your weapon's about to break, you can do this and it like restores, not only does it make it a new weapon, but it like restores the health of the weapon because you're making a new weapon. So you're essentially fixing your weapon in a way, but you're also making it better at the same time, which is really cool. And yeah, no. uh, as, as someone that has been, let's just say nonplussed with, <laughs> with breath of the wild. Um, I, I actually found that system really cool. Like it, it seemed really neat to just kind of grab anything and stick it onto your existing weapon. Like they showed like, you know, grabbing, he had like a stick and then he grabbed a pitchfork and attached it to the stick. And all of a sudden he had this like 20 foot long weapon with a pitchfork on the end of it. And it was just like, that's so dumb and awesome. Like, you know, like it was the stupidest thing, but it was so cool. Um, yeah, no, like I, a rock on it, and he had like giant rock hammer sword thing. He's just yeah. like swinging around everywhere. Oh man, that was that was fun. That was yeah. fun. And then like building, like using broken parts of machine monster things, and building like a raft and stuff to go. And then I like, I really like the new uh, the teleporting like through the ceiling ability. Seems mm-hmm. really cool. like I love that. I know that was. Not like, but it's like in some levels and stuff, you know, when you're going around the world early on in the game, when you don't have the three bars for climbing stuff can be fucking tedious, especially when it's raining and stuff like that. And it's like hard to climb and you're like burning your stamina more. So having that ability to just like go in a cave and then just pop back up on top of a mountain like really quick is so cool and super useful. And they were showing off some of the sky stuff. Uh, I like the fact that like the ingredients from monsters can also be fused into weapons. Mm-hmm. Like he put a little bat eye or whatever on the arrow and it became like a heat seeking arrow. I thought that was so cool. Cause usually most of the ingredient stuff was just used for cooking. And now yeah. the fact that you can actually use it for on your weapons and stuff too, has additional uses for a system that was kind of already there before. Yeah. So the the flying up in the air thing only works if there's like a ceiling above you, right? Like you can't just do it out in the wild. Is that what I was saying? From what it showed, yeah. It's like almost anything as long as there's a ceiling, from what they said, as long as there's a ceiling, you mm-hmm. can pop up through it, which they showed it in a cave, but I'm interested to see like i don't know like if that works like does that work in shrines like can you like just pop out of the ceiling of a shrine like for speed running like tech and stuff i'm sure someone will fucking do it they'll sit there and like run like half clip out of the shrine and then like pop out of it really quick but it's also cool i'm also down for like when you get the thing at the end of the dungeon just like popping out of it 
instead of going all the way back to the entrance. Like that seems yeah, bad. That seems cool. And I'm wondering if you can build like an aircraft. I wonder if it's floating above you, if you can pop back up, like jump down, grab something and then like jump mm-hmm. back up and pop back up through the floor back onto like your little floating aircraft thing. I think, uh, I think it's really neat how they essentially just went and watched a bunch of stuff people did with mm-hmm. breath of the wild <laughs> And, and kind of like you were saying, like, we're just like, oh, that's that's neat. We didn't plan on that. Let's just do that in the game, like, for reals. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, like, shield flying stuff that people were doing in the first game. And it's like, how co- why don't we just have people be able to make, like, flying things? Wouldn't that be cool? You know, and just, and so they went with it. And it, I just think that's neat. No, it's super cool. And they did, I think they showed one of the other new, I want to say one of the other new abilities was like time, like messing with time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that seems cool. I'm so excited. I can't believe it's literally like a month away at this point. I hope they release it on PC. Cause, and that switch, it, it scares me. Did get that at- Yuzu emulator for the yeah. feedback. I'm at the point now where like anything that's not an indie title scares me on the switch. You know, it's just that processor is so old, dude. It's so old, but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure being a, a Nintendo first party and a super important Nintendo first party at that, they will, they will iron out as many things as they can. And Lord knows they've had enough time. So we will see. We will see in about a month. Um, what's oh, what's the story you put on here about uh, Devolver? Yeah, I just put it on. There. Speaking of indies, I just mm-hmm. threw it on there because uh, Devolver acquired Doinksoft, which is the developer. They made Gato Roboto. Um, they're making a new game, Gunbrella, that's supposed to come out sometime this year. So they actually just like acquired that studio, which I just thought that was cool. It's the first time I think Devolver has actually acquired a studio that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just them publishing their games now. Like they're like Devolver's studio now. Uh, Have, has Devolver ever put out anything like themselves? Not that I know of. Uh, as I think they've always just kind of published other people stuff. They're just like an indie publisher, but now they kind of have their own team. And I just thought it was interesting that doing soft was the first one, uh, you know, like I'm surprised that like they didn't do that for like with how many people want hotline Miami three, I kind of figured like, you know, they'd acquire them or, uh, the people who do like enter the gungeon and stuff like they have multiple games and stuff like that. And so I was just surprised that of all the people whose games they've published and stuff that doing soft was kind of the one that they were like, you know what? Yeah. Let's buy them up. Of course the other, it could be multiple factors. Like the other people were just like, no, we want to stay independent or other circumstances with partners or something like that involving them turning it down. But you know, I'm interested to see what comes out of and if they're like, that's the only studio they're going to acquire or if, you know, in the years to come, we're going to kind of see them kind of pulling a Microsoft and start kind of picking up these like indie studios that they've been working with for like the past decade. 
I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Like they've got such a good reputation right now that, you know, I mean, I mean we've talked about it on the show a lot that if devolver is attached, we're, we're interested, we're listening, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, their marketing's great. Mm-hmm. Like I saw pictures from packs and stuff. The booth they had for cult of the lamb was fucking sick. It was like this little, it was literally like at the camp, like you walk in and they had like the little, uh, stat worship statue and like mm-hmm. pentagram shit on the ground and stuff for you to like walk in and play. And like the altar, you're basically standing at the altar with the book open and stuff where you have like your sermons. And it's just, they actually like put in the work and their stuff during when they did do their E3 presentations and stuff was one of the ones I looked forward to the most. Cause it was actually funny. Well, but also it's not just their reputation. It, they haven't really missed like name the last game devolvers published that sucked. It's like, I can't like even the ones that weren't like I own almost all of devolvers library besides like a handful of them. And even Mm -hmm. the ones that it's like, I don't own it's just, it wasn't for me, but I wouldn't say it was like a terrible game. I just didn't want it. Yeah, but, that's kind of where I'm at too. But it's like they still review really well. Oh yeah, like, like I I don't think I've ever seen one go lower than maybe like a seven. Yeah, I can't. Like I literally just can't think of the last game they put out that sucked. Like just across the board bad, and and so I've got a little uh, a little hope that you know if they're picking up dev teams, they have an eye for talent like they do with their, with their games that they pick to publish. So we'll see what, we'll see what, how Gumbrella does when it hits, you know, but I think that it's still, uh, I think it's, I think it's cool. Like I'm, I'm kind of excited and maybe I shouldn't be, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out, but I'm into the idea right now. I'll put it that way. Um, should you, should we, uh, you want to you want to pull us over to the to the trailer? Yeah, you know Shannon's not here, but uh, let me let's gather around the fire here. And you know what, boys and girls, we're gonna come on over here by the fire. We got ourselves a big heaping pile of trailer trash, and my boy Shannon may be eating his big old can of beans in the sky right now, but uh. We got some uh, trailers here, so come on by, and we're gonna go to the trailer park. <laughs> I hope I did you and, proud, Shannon. Yes, well, we'll we'll get the review in a few days, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, man, do we have trailers? Yeah, it was a big stack, week for movie trailers. Stack of them, fat stacks. Where should we begin? How about we just start at the beginning? Let's talk a little Blue Beetle. All right. I'm down to talk some Blue Beetle. Now, um, I don't know anything. Do you know anything about actual Blue Beetle, like comic lore? I mean, Blue I'm not Beetle? the biggest DC guy, but I know, I know it's like a a kind of an Iron Man situation. Like he's more powerful than Iron Man, but it's kind of like a a guy in a suit type situation. Um, that's kind of where my knowledge ends. Like Robbie knows a way lot more than I do. And he, um, we were going back and forth way back when, way back when, when like the Snyderverse was 
starting, right? And he was kind of lamenting how DC was kind of lost in the sauce there, trying to make an MCU thing happen. And they were jumping in with both feet. You know, you got Batfleck and, and Man of Steel and Aquaman. They were, they were like dropping all the big guns right away, yeah. right? And we said that, you know, at, we said then what they need to do is go like B tier, C tier, like Blue Beetle, <clears throat> you know, like build up these characters kind of like Marvel did with Iron Man. Like Iron Man wasn't an A lister in 2008 when that movie came out. Like he was a longstanding character, but no one was clamoring for an Iron Man movie. They just weren't. And that's kind of how I feel about Blue Beetle. Like he's a character that's been around since the 60s maybe longer. I'm not sure, but he's been around forever. He's been, you know, integral in a lot of big storylines. He's had a lot of cool things, but then is anyone asking for a blue beetle movie? Probably not, but it's a great way to kind of establish this new universe with way lower stakes. You know, like if blue beetle isn't super popular, it doesn't tank the entire operation. <laughs> yeah. When Man of Steel misses, everyone's like, well, this all is bullshit. You know, like <laughs> it, it, right from the get, they're like, ah, this sucks. And, you know, I, I think it's incredibly smart. I think it's a great first step by James Gunn. It, and the trailer seems to have that James Gunness to it where it looks funny. It looks entertaining. You know, the effects look good. The The suit looks cool. You know, like little things that, that all stack up and all matter. So, yeah, I don't I'll know. Say, what I, were your thoughts? I was, I was really surprised by the trailer. Like, at first, I was like, okay, I, I get it. Like, the little beetle thing comes. And, like, when it jumped on his face, it was really funny. Mm. But then it got scary like dude when he's on the ceiling and it's like the, yeah like, what the fuck is that like if i thought it was gonna be like maybe iron man where i'm like dude is it fusing to him like is yeah. it just like kind of like moon knight or whatever it's just kind of there like the entire time in him um uh, but i thought it was really cool i do like it looks like it is going to be just like a fun time like i like at the end when he Make, like you can make whatever you want. He makes the fucking Final Fantasy Seven Buster Blader. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, good choice. <laughs> I thought that was really cool, but yeah, it's got like the, you know, it's got like its Jarvis thing built in, where the suit's talking to him. You know, it's kind of got the same readout as as an Iron Man suit. You know, and all that. It's it's just cool. Like, I mean. It doesn't have the freezing problem that Iron Man had because he flies up to space, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I'm I'm a, I'm actually really excited to see how they do this because I think it's a great first step. And if they're going to build a universe again, I think this is a good way to establish that. I really do. Yeah, I showed the trailer to Megan, and she actually thought it looked fun, which I think is the first time I've ever heard her say that for a DC movie, that it actually looked fun. Well, because that's the thing. It doesn't look like a DC movie. If you didn't know this was a DC property, you wouldn't know. 
there's no like super established DC stuff in it. That's been in, you know, pop culture for the last 20 years. Yeah. For a lot of people, this is going to be a brand new character. And, and they're like, seriously, if you did not know DC was established, there is literally nothing in the trailer that says this is DC. No. Like this could be a remake of the fucking Guyver movie. You know, like it's, it's, it's rad. Like I'm, I'm super cool. And also, did you notice in the, in the logo, the blue beetle logo, the DC is tiny. It's like the smallest little DC logo above the blue beetle where above the words blue beetle. And it's, it's wild how low key they're playing DC in this. Like, do they know that like DC has no reputation essentially (laughs) to speak of? So they're just like, we're just gonna, we're going to really low play the name DC around these parts for a while. I don't know. I mean, I I keep coming back to Iron Man, but remember that wasn't Marvel's Iron Man when they put it out. It was just Iron Man. And then by the time the Avengers came out, it was the big Marvel title card and all that stuff. You know, like none of that presents. Yeah. And none of that existed at first. So I I'm guessing Gunn learned the right lessons. And I hope they execute well. I really do. So now that one was exciting. But speaking of Marvel, we did get a Marvel trailer this week. Uh, what are your thoughts on Secret Invasion? Yeah, Secret Invasion is, you know, it's one that's been in the works for a while and it's finally coming out. You know, Marvel kind of hit the pause button on a lot of their TV shows. And I think after the lukewarm reception of She-Hulk and, you know, the a lot of Phase 4 kind of missing the mark, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of have, I'm hoping that was kind of a learning lesson for them. And now they're like, oh, we need to actually take our time and not just keep pumping like five things out a year. And you know, actually secret, make the CG look good. Yeah. And you know, secret evasion, I think like looks interesting. Like I, mm-hmm. um, I'm interested, I guess to kind of see, you know, cause secret invasion, like the scroll are the bad guys, but in like Captain Marvel and stuff, they weren't the bad guys. So I'm kind of like, I don't know what they're doing to, unless it's like some like weird faction of scroll or something that are bad. Or maybe there's like Super Scroll that's like, you know, leading a, a group of them against everyone else or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, this one definitely looks a lot more grounded, like a lot mm-hmm. less CG intensive, very uh, Winter Soldier, more yeah. like kind of shield, spy, espionage, uh, almost like even like more like a serious ish kind of stone like story going for it so um i'm interested to see how it does i hope it does well i know before the podcast we were talking a little bit i know a lot of people who have basically said if this flops they're, they're like done with marvel's like they're sick of marvel at this point just not really executing their mm-hmm. uh shows and movies and stuff well so i think a lot of people are kind of it checked out at this point and this might be them trying to do something that's going to bring them back in 
and you know, I hope they actually stick the landing. Like, I, I want them to be good. Well, I think I think you, you you know, and we've talked about it before. I think I think a lot of people have just gotten tired of what feels like a very aimless direction that they've been yeah. in. You know, it's been throwing a lot of shit at the wall, seeing what sticks, nothing stuck. And there's been no point to it. Like looking back, what was the point of Moon Knight? Like it existed, but why? Like what, what, what did they accomplish there? You know, it's, even if you take it as a self-contained storyline, okay. Like it all wraps up. Not really. And, and it's, you know, at the end of it, you're like, uh, I guess, sure. <laughs> you know, it, it, none, like none of it really has worked and they need to get to a, the point they need to find the story at some point. And, and I hope this is it. Like, you know, Nick Fury returning, is a character people know at least. And, and he was the backbone in a lot of sense of the first m- main storyline. Um, at least he got the ball rolling. He was always there in the shadows. Like he was always making it work, you know, pulling people, pulling all the strings to make things work. And, and I hope that's the case again. This, this seems like, you know, by the trailer, very much a, you know, Thanos, I guess I'll do it myself thing um which which okay like we need someone to so sure um but i agree with you i i thought it was refreshing that this looks very much not a huge cg fest it's it looks very very grounded and i think they need to i think i think the like you know the creative barf that we've experienced over the last two or three years with, you know, WandaVision ending in a huge, ugly CG battle, Shang-Chi ending in a huge, ugly CG battle. Uh, you know, you can go on and on like Moon Knight ending in a huge, ugly CG battle. Like they, they all in the same way and none of them are satisfying. And it's like, let's, let's try, let's try doing something else. Let's try moving away from that and seeing if that works a little bit. Um, I do feel that that they have realized they need to pause. Like you can't, I can't miss you if you never leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of like that. Like they really need to hit the brakes and reestablish themselves and, and get to a point, like get to the point. Like that's, that's where I feel so many people are right now you know these movies aren't comic books i'm not just picking one off the shelf and reading a storyline i i need i need a th- it, you establish that these movies are supposed to be a through fare to a entire storyline and they're little branches but they all circle back to the main point all of them and none of these have none of them they're all just like little one offs and it's like you know what the fuck happened at the end of Shang-Chi? A thing goes off and signaling someone. 
Guess what? They've never mentioned again that fucking thing. Like we've laughed about it all the time, but Hey, guess at the end of the Eternals, when the Celestials show up, guess what's never mentioned again, the fucking Celestials. Like, okay, great. You know, like, well, and that's the problem with the shows too, man. Like as much as I did really like how Miss Marvel started, it's like, dude, the ending was just a race to the fucking finish. Like, yeah. Oh shit. We're on episode four. Yeah. Here's the bad guys. Uh, you're going to do this now. Oh, cool. Now they're dead. And it's just like, whoa. Like, we, yeah. just, we went from doing a whole lot of world and like story building in the first three episodes to then, oh, shit, we got four episodes left, guys. We're going to just pump this shit out and get to the end as quick as possible here to wrap this up in a nice little bow for you. And and I mean, I really liked She-Hulk. I thought She-Hulk was really fun. It looked like complete dog shit. And that... And that ending came out of complete nowhere, which was cool. It was refreshing because they were setting up for the huge CG fight fest with Abomination and the Hulk and, you know, all that stuff. And then they went completely fourth wall out of left field, which which was cool at the time. But still, like, how do you move forward with that character in any way now and have it be acceptable or believable? You don't, you can't. And I don't know. It's, it's, they've made so many just damning choices along the way. And, and I've, I'll just say it again. They need to, they need to get to the goddamn point, you know, cause even, even quantum mania, which, which we liked, I didn't love it. I liked it. I thought Jonathan majors, uh, even though, Oh, that went bad. Uh, I, I thought it just was great, you know, in it. But uh, who knows what his involvement is now going forward. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, man. Marvel, I know you can do it. You've got it in you. Figure it out. Just figure it out. <sighs> all, right, Zach, all right. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. King was a hit with the audiences. Uh, I mean, he was until he wasn't, you know, Yeah, he didn't pull any punches on screen. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I'm letting those puns die. No, it, you know what? You know what happened? Let me tell everyone what just happened. Your boy here spent way too much time with my friend Carlos over the last two days, who was the king of bad puns. And by bad, I mean completely inappropriate puns. And so, I think I think our boy here just caught a bad influence. So I think that's what just happened. It was the D twenty fedora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carlos gave Justin a D twenty fedora to wear to the wedding, which which he looked quite sharp in. I might I might say. Yeah, even though. Uh, the photos got back to Megan and Megan said he looked like he was a freshman in high school. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently they're making a live action Moana. Dude, I guess we didn't really get to see anything from it except for, you know, the rock. He was pounding his Zoa energy drinks on the beach. gave a nice speech about his people and then announced that, uh, we're getting a live action Moana with him and the the chick 
who I think it's the chick who voiced the girl in Moana. Mm -hmm. I think it's the two of them coming in to the live action one. But also, also did it need to be like three minutes of him standing on a beach with his kids talking? Like, like, bro, you could have done that in 30 seconds. Hey, guess what? We're making a live action Moana. Here's, here's the fish hook. Okay. Anyway, I mean, God damn. That took forever to get to the point. I know. Like, why? We're like, we paid for three minutes and we're going to get the entire yeah. three minutes. Exactly. Good Lord, man. Um, I mean, sure. They're making live action everything. I guess they're out of legacy properties to make live action. I mean, they've literally done all of them at this point, And I don't think anyone wants to see Hunchback live action or Atlantis, you know, or any of those. So let's, let's go to where it all got good again with Moana. Right. Right. Well, you know, I mean, we're getting a live action Lilo and stitch too. So are we seriously? Yeah. I I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, we're getting, they're just going to have like a CG blue koala running around everywhere. I hate that shit, by the way, like when they did the whole like it's, you know, not animated Lion King and Aladdin, except everything's animated just in a live action style. It's like that's not a live action. It's still just animation. It just looks live action animation with extra steps. Yeah, exactly. But whatever. I mean, sure. Why not? My daughter will make me see it, you know. Um, another movie. I don't know. My daughter's going to make me see this one, but she'll probably be interested is the Barbie movie. You know, this is the first actual, before this trailer, we only had a teaser kind of trailer that Mm -hmm. didn't really show anything from the movie. This is the first trailer that actually had scenes from the movie in it. And I'm not going to lie. I'm on board. Like it is way they're leaning a hundred percent into like the entire Barbie world, like mm-hmm. pink houses, pink Corvette. Everyone's named Barbie and Ken. That's fucking hilarious. And looks like there's some music numbers, like very, it gave very big, like grease vibes yeah. to me in a couple points, which I thought was really funny. Also, a little, a like, of, high school musical vibes a little bit, yeah. you know? and a lot of the humor that it seemed like they had going on in it was more leaned towards adults, which really surprised me. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to kind of be like, oh, you know, yeah, a couple nods here and there, whatever, but, you know, mainly pushed towards kids. But this definitely seems like it's being targeted more towards an older crowd, which I wasn't expecting. So, uh... Yeah, I'm definitely interested. I thought Michael Sierra being in it was hilarious. I don't, I'm assuming he's just like some sort of kin in there. I don't know, yeah. but. Yeah, Michael, Michael Sierra's random appearance in like a rainbow shirt was just like, okay, uh, all right. But I, I also liked the part where Ken's like, I'm coming with you. And she's like, did you even bring your rollerblades? He's like, I literally can't leave without them. <laughs> yeah, I always have them. And they're like neon yellow, which was hilarious. Um yeah, yeah, surprising. Surprising, but I 
I don't know. Maybe you'll have to tell me how that one is. I can't. It looks entertaining, but I can't say I'm going to go see that. So, yeah, I don't know if it's one I'll see in theaters, but it's one that I will definitely, you know, at the very least be watching with Korean subtitles. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure. Can we talk about the coup de gras of, of trailer trash this week, which is the new trailer for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Or yes. Miles Morales, we, I should say. Across the Spider-Verse. We started strong, and I wanted to make sure we ended strong. Mm-hmm. And yes, Across the Spider-Verse is a treat for the eyes. Uh, we got to see you know, a little bit more in this trailer kind of about the story beats. We see a lot of, um, you know, cause yeah, I kind of, I guess didn't really realize until watching this. This has been a moment since I watched the first spider verse movie, but yeah. you know, like miles parents don't know he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I kind of just got used to, you know, Tom Holland, you know, by the end of the first movie, his aunt knows he's Spider-Man. So, uh, you know, I kind of forgot about that part. So it's like we're still seeing the living two lives struggle of Miles. And then now he's trying to get inducted into this league of Spider-Man across the universe and stuff. And it looks like, you know, <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man is, at least in the trailer, who they're pitching as the villain i guess and he seems to have beef with miles in the sense that uh, is that ultimate spider-man i thought that was spider-man 2099 it is spider-man 20 i guess the the outfit looks like spider-man 2099 i think it is spider-man 29 i guess i just thought spider-man 2099 took place in the ultimate universe well remember the he gets introduced at the very end of the first one Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Okay, yeah. I definitely need to rewatch. Uh, it's been too long since I've seen the first one, mm-hmm. but no, it looks really good. I'm super excited. I still think it's such a weird choice that this is part one of yeah. the two part movie, but nowhere does it say part one, and I feel like I don't want. It to necessarily get like review bombed with a bunch of people going, oh, the ending's such bullshit. It like leaves you on this cliffhanger ass, whatever, because there's going to be a second part because it's not being marketed as being like a part one of two kind of thing. Well, I mean, hopefully they just leave it like as a cliffhanger sequel thing. Yeah. Not like give like... it an actual like ending that's going to pick up or mm-hmm. something into and not just like a matrix reloaded where it just kind of ends. And then it's yeah. like, Hey, the second part comes out in like six months, man. Why'd you have to invoke that movie? Jeez. I still maintain matrix reloaded could have been the best one of the series. If the third one nailed it, cause they introduced so much cool lore and so much stuff that they never really dive into or explain. It's just kind of awesome. And yeah. And then the third movie just abandons all of it. And it's just like, wait, what? But let's, can we go back and talk about the ghosts and the werewolf dude and the, and the, and the vampire guy? Like, can we, can we go back and talk about those guys at all? Like, I, I love two. And it was one of those things where I used to shit on three for the longest time. And then four came out 
And it's one of those where four came out, and I'm like, you know what? Three's not that bad. <laughs> I have never seen uh, four, so three still is that bad. I will put it that way. No, but I, I think uh, Spider-Verse looks, looks freaking rad. Like, as good as the first movie looked, this looks way better. Like, just animation style-wise. And I... Uh, I'm just dying for it. It's it's the best superhero. Mo- the first one was the best superhero movie to me. Like mm-hmm. I love that movie unabashedly. It's it's great on every level. Um, but you know it's hard to do the same trick twice. So I hope they do. But uh, yeah, we will we will see. All right, shall we leave the trailer and go to our weekly consultation? Yep, we're out of we're out of the park now. Justin, did you beat Mario and Rabbits? No. <laughs> God damn it. You look, even look, have today. I know. Look, 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 look. All right. Mm-hmm. Here, let me just go first now. I'll just go first with what right. I want. Yes. I have been playing Mario Rabbit. I am on, though. So I will say I have been playing it, and mm-hmm. I am on the final fight with Cursa. I'm currently in it. The thing is, is that last world, those fights are a lot longer. So there's two fights building up to Cursa, and you have to fight a like Shadow Bowser and then a Shadow um, God, I don't remember her name. The girl with green and black hair. uh, A Shadow version of her. Mm. Um, So you do that, and so they have like health, like 25,000, like whatever health. And so those fights are a little bit longer and then for cursa it's a three-part fight it is you fight the hands and then you do whatever and i already did two of the three i'm in the final like with her and when you're doing those fights you have all your team like they're spread out across the map and you have like all eight characters or nine whatever at the nine characters at the same time and Mm. so it's a huge map and you're doing a lot so it's taken me like quite a bit to just get through this last world, but I am by next week. I I will have beaten it because I am literally on the final fight. All right. Um, All right. But I will tell you something. I did play another game this week though, that I did play and beat to completion today. And that is the E3. Isn't the only thing that died this week, guys. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog also died. <laughs> uh, heard the April fool's joke that Sega did a game that they made a trailer for actually came out. It is on steam. It is free to play. And it is the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Which is wild. Yes, it is wild. The trailer is hilarious. The game is just as funny. And the entire premise is it is Amy's birthday. And for her birthday, she wanted to do a, little murder mystery like murder on the orient express style mystery on this train and so you're on it and then sonic ends up getting murdered and you realize like it's like not just the game like there's more going on to it than that and stuff Mm -hmm. so tails is the sherlock holmes of this and you play as the uh like waiter or whatever on this train who now becomes tail sidekick 
and the two of you are kind of working together to in, find clues, interrogate people, and figure out who murdered Sonic and what's going on. And it is very Phoenix Wright, and it's also like a oh God, I can't remember what the game's called. The Switch one with the Pictocross, where you're the detective. Oh, uh, what was that game? That game was great. Um, I know, and I can't remember what it's, it's called. It's something with an M. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. God damn it! I know, but it reminds me a lot of that. It is a lot, except it's a lot simpler. Like I'd say, it's not quite as advanced of a game as either um, Ace Attorney or the other Switch Pictocross Ace mm. Attorney adjacent game. But murder it, it by was, numbers. Murder. There we go. By murder numbers. by numbers. That's it. Uh, but it's, it's a very fun game, and it only took, like, maybe, I don't know, like, four hours or so for me to beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was super cute. The story was cute. The humor was really funny in it, and interrogating people. The art was great. Uh, so, like Murder by Numbers, in between the whatever story beats, collecting clues, whatever, you do the pick, pick the cross and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this... You're doing, it's, you pull out almost like a game gear and you're doing these Sonic levels where you have to collect so many rings and you're playing a Sonic on the screen and you just kind of like move either like forward, back, left, right, and then like jump over spikes and you have to collect all these rings to like get to the end. And those get challenging, like towards the end of the game and stuff like the speed gets faster. You have to collect Mm. more coins. And it kind of gets to the point where it's like, oh, like you can only get hit once by spikes or next to no times. Uh, otherwise, you will not have enough coins to beat it and you have to do it again. And so I was actually surprised at how challenging some of those got towards the end. There is kind of sounds it kind of sounds like the romance puzzles in uh, Viva Pinata. Yeah, you, know, you had to go through the maze and not hit yeah. any of the spiky balls or anything. Yeah, it is kind of like that. And it's like there is accessibility options where it's like, oh, like if you're struggling or doing whatever, like to make doing those parts easier. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I got through them, even if like some of them towards the end of the game did take me maybe like five or six tries to like memorize the patterns and stuff to make it so I didn't get hit by stuff at the end. Yeah. But but it was a fun little game. Like I, I'm happy they released it. And that's one of the things... Like a lot of the best Sonic games that have come out have been them giving indie developers the rights to Sonic and letting them have fun with it. Like Sonic Mania was great mm-hmm. because they gave it to people who love the franchise and they had fun with it. And this game was great because they gave people the franchise and have fun with it. And it's like, yes, like give me more of that, like more little fun stuff like that. I'm here for it. Nice. Very cool. Um, well, I, I started the week by playing Terra Nil, which finally came out, which is the RTS uh, game on Steam, except you're not building an army and taking things over. You're going to a wasteland and trying to make it beautiful again, essentially. And it every, every level is broken out into three stages. You have to start by making the you know, the hard soil uh, plantable again and bringing grass and stuff back. 
you have to reestablish rivers. Um, and then in the second stage, you need to create biomes. You need to create, you, you start putting beehives out and making like meadows with flowers. And then you have to get, this is the thing that when you first do it freaks you the hell out. So you build like a solar, uh, collector that burns your forest down and every building in the area, like just burns it all to the ground. And the first time it happens, you're like, Holy shit. No, 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 no. Cause like your typical RTS thing is like, I need all these buildings. Right. But the reality is once you've crossed from one stage to the next, you really don't, you, you, you kind of don't need that stuff anymore. And what you can do is when you burn it all to the ground, it all becomes like nutrient rich ash and you can establish forests there. And so you put up essentially like tree cedars and, and create forests. Um, and that's one of the three types you need. And then your grass planters that you planned in the first round uh, that are by rivers, turn them all into wetlands. So once you've done enough of that, you need to start reestablishing flora and fauna. So you start getting animals coming back in. And then the last thing you need to do is um, raise the humidity and temperature of the area. And then once you do that, it'll start raining. And then slowly but surely, everything you've missed on the map comes back once it starts raining. Like there, cause there's always like a chunk of the river that doesn't get filled in or like some of the land that doesn't get fixed right in the process. Cause it's all kind of grid based. So there's little squares here and there that are just not going to work for you and in, in how you're laying everything out. And then you'll watch as those things slowly turn into regular soil, then get grass, then a tree moves in. And then all of a sudden bears are walking around and deer and ducks are flying by into the wetlands and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. The soundtrack is super soothing. Um, the levels are, are challenging, but not like brain breakingly challenging. They want you to do it, you know? And so, but it's procedurally generated. So you never get the same map twice, even if you play the same level twice, which is cool. Um, you know, and there's tools to make you, to allow you to like bore out ground to create another river so you can expand in a different area with more grass and stuff like that. Um, and then the last stage is you're building a ship to do it all over again. And to do that, you have to let place a, a place to build the ship and you send a little recycle boat out and it goes up and down the river and you set out things where it reclaims everything you've been laying out. So when the level ends, you have nothing there left and it's just wilderness and land and you fly out. And then you see that the piece you've made, you know, it does a little dark souls, like enemy defeated thing, but it's, it says wasteland reclaimed, which is really cool. But then when you move to another area, you see the piece you were working on was just a very small section of like an entire planet. So it looks like there's a lot to do. It looks like it, it it's a cool experience that you can just keep enjoying it's 25 bucks. I highly recommend it. It's a total moment of Zen type game. It's really fun. Um, the other thing I've been playing that I purchased when, when Justin was in town 
and then proceeded to ignore him for four hours while I played it, uh, was, <laughs> was another little indie title called Dredge. And that's an, a really cool and really weird game. Um, it's essentially a fishing game. You're, you're a fisherman. You answer an ad to go to a town who needs a fisherman, right? So you're, this is all in the intro. You're, you're sail or I guess pilot your boat to the town, but you get lost in the fog and dashed on the rocks and your boat is not repairable, but lucky you, the mayor of this town has an old boat that you can have to do some fishing and, he, and, you know, he'll sell it to you. You just pay it off over time. It's no problem. No problem. Just bring in fish, sell it, pay off your boat. It's fine. And as things progress, you meet more townspeople. And you get the sense that this isn't an okay town. This fog actually seems pretty sinister. The people that live there are, are weird as hell. Um... And as time goes, you start picking up missions from people. Uh, you you find more fish. You can buy more gear to let you catch different fish. You know, a pole that'll let you fish in the shallows, a pole that'll let you fish in the deep end, a reel that lets you catch a lot bigger things. Standard fishing game stuff. And then you start catching fish. And then, you know, you're catching cod and mackerel. And then you'll pull up a, a cod that's like, got fangs and three heads and it's like what what okay and then you take it to the fishmonger and he's like i wonder what'll happen if you feed this to someone will they get sick will they die will they go insane uh here i'll just buy it off you don't ask questions and it's like um okay you know no problem i'll keep it pushing uh then you, you meet a guy that's stuck on an island who's obsessed with this book and he's looking for artifacts and, and he gives you the tools to start dredging. And then you'll find these little spots all over the map where you can, you can dredge and so that's how you get your equipment to like improve your boat. You can pull up wood, you can pull up scrap metal, you can do all this stuff. But then every once in a while, you'll find one of these artifacts and the guy pays you for them, but they all have some like sinister explanation to them. Um, oh, and the other mechanic that's there is day and night. So when you're out during the day, everything's fine. You're pulling up normal fish, all this stuff. When it gets to nighttime, the little icon at the top of the screen in the middle becomes an open eye. And it's, it's representative of you colors start flashing around it. And that's like your panic level. And as your panic level increases, as the fog gets thicker, weirder and weirder shit starts happening. Like I was heading to an Island one time in the middle of the night and I had, you can buy lights, but the lights I have at this point suck. Right. And there was another boat heading to the Island. And I'm like, Oh cool. I actually haven't seen another boat out here. Like, I wonder what that's all about. And I start getting closer to it and it morphs into like this huge purple devilish angle, anger, anger, angler fish with like a light coming off its head and rammed into me and damaged my boat. And I'm like, son of a bitch, you know, like apparently there's huge monsters out here. 
And things happen all the time in that game where you'll see like a huge monster right on the side of your screen. And when you turn the boat, nothing's there. It happens all the time. Like you'll see just something right on the edge of your screen and you're like, what? Nothing. It's like, um, all right. You know, like there was one time I, I was sure we saw my, I was playing with my kid and we were sure we saw whales. And then we looked around and there were never a whale that popped up. And it was just like, yeah, I even asked him, I'm like, you saw that, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Where are they? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. So it's, there's definitely some Lovecraftian things happening. I'm really, I'm really into the story at this point. Why all these people are like so freaked out and why they're staying where they're at. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into it. Like it's, it's super fun. And it's, it's another one that's like 20, 25 bucks. But if it's out on switch, it's out on everything, I think, but I'm playing it on the steam deck and uh, it's a great switch steam deck game where you can just hang out, you know, play it before bed and knock out some fishing. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Justin, no, you would like this game. No, I know. Uh, I think Matt just recently beat it and stuff, and I saw him playing a little bit of it. It has been added to my wish list on Steam. I want to say there's like a little, because there's like a special edition of the game too that looks like it has like, the, like Black Cove, some almost like DLC or something like that. Hmm. I don't know what that necessarily includes if that's just like an extra quest or something like that that you can do but but it's like i think separate from the game it's maybe like eight bucks or something like that but for like the special edition it was like i don't know like 26.99 or something like that oh yeah i'm looking at it right now blackstone key yeah Soundtrack and digital. What is Blackstone Key? I'm curious. Hmm. But yeah, it is. It is DLC apparently. You're like you have uh, to get that. Oh, it gives you a, a, a better engine, and uh, and it's something where it'll like call fish to you. It looks like, but it doesn't look okay. Crucial. So it's almost just like upgrades then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess you're not missing too much then if you skip out on the black stone key yeah. DLC then. But it looks pretty red. I mean, the game the game is great. Like I think I'm I'm really excited to see where the hell this is all headed. So I'm into it. I'm into it. You should you should play it. Um well, should we do a little spoiler zone? do that uh well my kids wanted to watch a movie justin was with us so he watched it with us and that is puss in boots the last wish and i gotta be honest when my kids were like this is what we want to watch me and justin both looked at each other and we're like okay all right no problem and i was super shocked how good that movie was it was great like it was super fun Dude, it was so good. Multiple times during the movie, Zach's son was so excited, and he's sitting there talking. Zach's like, 
Jonathan, I'm trying to watch the movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, it's getting a really serious part here, and I'm heavily invested in this movie right now. Yeah, but, well, my son is a notorious talker in movies, so it's also trying to break him of that habit of, like, stop talking. People are trying to watch, you know, and all of a sudden he's trying to regale you with something he saw about the movie on a YouTube channel. And it's like, bro, I don't give a fuck. Stop talking. Like, I just want to watch it. Jesus. <laughs> but, um, no, I, it's, it was really interesting how, I mean, it was a choice, but that movie, they, they have the typical Shrek animation style. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how it goes. And, and at the first huge action sequence, it the animation t- completely changes to like a Spider-Verse style animation where it's way more like comic book looking and way less Shrek looking. And the first time it happened, I was like, what? What's going on? Like, this is weird. And then it shifts back to the Shrek style. But then it shifts back to the other style, the next big action sequence. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. All right. But it was, it was cool. Like, it was just really cool, I thought. No, the action sequences were dope, dude. Puss in Boots was doing some Attack on Titan shit on the buildings where he's, like, zooming around. Like, like action shot. Like, when he was fighting the giant and stuff. It was so cool. And it was, it got surprisingly dark. Yeah, like I think Puss in Boots had probably one of the most terrifying villains I've seen in a movie in a minute. That's just like genuinely when they're on screen, it's just terrifying, ominous air about them. And everyone kind of knows like, oh, no, this dude's here to fuck shit up. Yeah. And and it was like, like you said, genuinely creepy. Yeah. Like my my kids did not enjoy that at all. (laughs) Like they, they're still talking about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whoever, whoever decided to make him whistle as he's coming. Uh, uh, the whist- yeah. The whistling was just so unnerving every time. And the fact like anytime Puss gets in trouble, he's just there. Yeah. Just will appear. And it's like, Oh God. <laughs> every time. Or on his like neck stands up. And he's yeah. Like, oh, like he's terrified of him. He hears the whistle. And all the fur on his body stands up and it's just like, oh God, here we are. Omar's coming. Yeah, Omar coming. (laughs) Uh, Hunting we will go, yes. Um, But no, I I was stunned how good that movie was. Like, it was was excellent. It was really good. Um, I did think it was hilarious. They make a nod to Shrek at the end during the credits of that movie. And my kids were like, what is that? What does that even mean? And I was just like, oh, man. I, I don't know if I failed them or saved them. What, what are your thoughts, Justin? No, that was funny because yeah, after the movie, I, everyone was like, I don't get that. And I was like, oh, I was like, they're going the Happily Never After for, from Shrek from far, far away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what's Shrek? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm like, he, he, he's an ogre. I'm like, they're all ogres because I didn't realize that they hadn't seen Shrek. And I was like, man. I was like, I like the first two Shreks. It, it kind of goes downhill yeah, really fast after the first two. But I remember seeing the first two in theaters, and I really loved them. Yeah, I, I remember uh, I was dating a girl at the time whose dad's best friend was like 
one of the leads on the first Shrek at PDI. And so we got to see it like a month early at one of the like company showings or something. And at the time I was sitting there like, Oh wow. This animation is like game changing. I've never seen anything like this, you know? And, and when you think about it, it absolutely was like nothing looked like Shrek before Shrek. Yeah. And then now it's like the, the, the shoulders that frozen and Moana and all that are standing on as far as an animations, you know, progression from that point. But that first Shrek was crazy as far as how it was animated. But, uh, yeah, no, Good, good movie. Uh, I want to hear, though, about the movie you saw in the theaters. Yes, I did go see a movie in theaters this week. I went and saw some uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Ooh. So, uh, do you, now, how spoilery do you want me to get with Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, you don't have to go into plot bu- plot beats, like yeah. beat by beat. But, I mean, I don't really care if you okay. spoil a lot of it. So yeah, fair one. I mean, I I won't go too too spoiler heavy. I mean, and really, like most of the story beat stuff is if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the majority of the I guess story beat stuff in mm-hmm. it. But but yeah, no honor among these. I was surprised at uh, how good it actually is. It is honestly a fun movie. Like beginning to end, it had genuine laugh out loud moments and. Uh, some really fun. You can tell the people that worked on this movie loved Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't really play. I mean, I've played Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. some, but I'm not well versed in everything Dungeons and Dragons. Like when they mentioned Baldur, like most most of the like names of things and stuff when they mentioned like Baldur's Gate and this and that, mm-hmm. I only really know that stuff from the Dungeons and Dragons set for Magic. Yeah, so I'm like oh, I know or, who the or like video is. games. Yeah. So it's like I know Baldur's Gate and I know the like Beholder and like the Dimmy Gorgon mm-hmm. and like whatever like stuff that they're talking about. But Matt, who is much more versed in D and D after the movie, was singing its high praises and he's like, "Oh yeah, I know. Like this is an actual thing and this is a thing and all the spells they were doing in the movie are actual D and D spells and how they work and different stuff like that. And all the like little Easter eggs and details and stuff that they had in there. Mm. So they were very faithful to the actual D and D brand. And I thought visually, uh, it was really good looking. Like a lot of, they have an entire array of different races and characters and like bird people and small people. And there's like some surprise cameos uh in the movie and um you know the fighting was fun there so yeah spoiler but there, there's this one part where they are underground and there is a dragon but the dragon is a like the the fattest fucking dragon you've ever seen on screen like it is pudgy as hell but it's like uphill and so it's not even walking it's just sliding on its fucking stomach at them and then it hits a rock and it's just rolling so it's almost like a boulder like rolling after they're trying to outrun this fat ass fucking dragon that's just like eating shit down this hill rolling after them uh, so the chonky boy huh yeah dude they even say that in the like the um dom 
Dom's wife, who's the barbarian chick in the movie, is like, that's one pudgy-ass dragon as they're, like, running away from it and stuff. <laughs> so, no, it was it was really good. And I definitely recommend, uh, like, you know, I'm sure it'll be out on Paramount Plus or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, I'd say, by, like, next month. So I definitely recommend checking it out once it's out there because it was definitely a good time. Like it's something that Megan enjoyed it. She's like, dude, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I'm like, dude, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. It was a lot of fun. And it's the most Chris Pine. I feel like that Chris Pine has been like (laughs) a long time. It's a whole Chris Pine averse, huh? Yeah, no, he was genuinely hilarious in it. So it was nice seeing him in something that wasn't uh, wonder woman in 84. Um, was I right in that it's kind of a, uh, a Ragnarok ripoff, or is it its own deal? Uh, no, it's it's its own deal. Okay. Like it has its uh, stuff. And it's funny because like in the movie too, Chris Pine's daughter is uh played by the same actress who is in the movie sixty five with Adam Driver. It's his mm-hmm. daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's just funny. I'm like, man, dude, she's get she's just out here Hollywood snapping up all the daughter roles. <laughs> she's putting in that work. Yeah, Jeez. she's putting in the work. Um, but, I still want to see. I still want to see 65. Like, uh, it just seems so dumb, but I kind of want to watch it. But yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's good. That's good. I it, I wasn't expecting much. I have to admit, I, I you know, D and D, the trailer was intriguing, but it's still like I was burned so bad by that first Dungeons and Dragons movie, you know, just so bad. And so, it's good to hear that they at least had fun with it. Oh man! So I was like, real quick, I know that was all for like spoiler stuff, but I just wanted to say I know. Uh, so the advanced screening for the Super Mario Bros. movie happened. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. So now there has been, there's reviews now or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes for it. It's currently sitting at 55 on Rotten Tomatoes because of some of these reviews. Oof. And But it's going through the reviews was just killing me because it's like so so many of them. It's like, dude, like it's just bullshit reviews and stuff and like someone wrote and i'm gonna read here totally inaccessible for non-fans of the super mario game from nintendo fans might even have a hard time with the non-existent antiquated and somewhat offensive story shocking Mm. misfire for illumination the only bad movie they've ever made (laughs) like okay guy sure yeah like, dude, and I, I had this whole conversation with my friend Tanner was, like, riffing on it or whatever, saying that, like, he thought, oh, well, it might not just have, like, enough adult humor or, like, whatever in it. I'm like, bro, go watch fucking Sausage Party. Like, yeah, this movie yeah. is for kids off a game franchise. Yeah, guess what? For kids. Right. Like, dude, they're not going to have Mario... Like making Lang pipe jokes about with Princess Peach and shit. And I have Donkey Kong like 
walking up to Mario like, oh, is that a banana in your pocket? Are you happy to see me? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, totally. it's a fucking family franchise, bro. Like, they're not Nintendo's not doing that to their number one fucking mascot. They're not going to shell them out for some fucking cheap-ass Seth Rogen, like, chuckles, all right? Like, it's a kid's movie with kid shit. Like, oh, oh, well, yeah, there's just a bunch of Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah, that's for the adults. The kids don't know the fucking 1989 title of super mario bros with the little references and shit yeah that's for you the adult mm-hmm. the kids are there for the 90 minutes of oh no there's not that deep a plot yeah luigi gets taken by bowser and you got to get him back oh what's the plot for any other mario game princess peach gets taken and you got to get her back yeah that's the plot of every fucking mario game like you don't need mario to have a fucking midlife crisis on screen and have some lego lego movie my dad didn't hug me enough as a kid and I need to spend time with them in real fucking Brooklyn. No, it's okay. It can just be a cute 90 minute movie to get from A to B. I don't need a whole fucking espionage bullshit attached to a Mario movie. It's fine. Well, I mean, I said that since they've announced this, it's like the whole point of this is to get my kids to like Mario. Yeah. They've already got your money. They don't care about making you happy. It's, you know, if they can get you some good nods and, and winks here and there, awesome. But, like, that's going to happen anyway. They've got you. The point is to get my kids into Mario. And I just, I'll never understand that of, like, dog, you're 50. Like, yeah, no shit you don't like this movie. Come on, man. Like... You have a mortgage and children. Like, guess what? The little kids movie doesn't work for you. Fucking shocking. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that's just what killed me. It's just like so many of the reviews were just so fucking salty about it. Basically, I'm like the TLDR is, yeah, it's a movie for fucking children. Like who have the attention span of gnats. So I don't know what you expect. Well, on that note, do we have a show? Dude, I think that's a show. All right. That's a good one. We missed our boy uh, this week, but he should be back soon with tales of honeymoons in Hawaii. Um, I'm sure the PG versions. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Justin, why don't you take us on in for a landing? You know what, guys? Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. You know, what do you think about the five different trailers that came out this week? You know, why don't you head on over to the uh, movies and TV show section on the Discord? Let us know what do you think about a lot of these movies coming out this year. And uh, while you're at it, head on over to Spotify. Give your boys a review. Also, saw guess what? Loop Hero. It's on Game Pass right now. It was one of our games of the year. So, you know, if you have a Game Pass, give it a play. It's a good mm, one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, uh, Zach, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, hey, guys, go be great. And if Shannon was here, Shannon would say, aloha. <laughs> aloha. Aloha.